Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 11, Workers' Compensation Insurance 101. This is your source for employer intelligence delivered straight to your brain through audio waves in just seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and as your ally and employer brainiac, I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. Today is an introduction to workers' compensation insurance. Let's rock this. Now, you probably already know as an employer that you're required to purchase work comp insurance. This policy is a property and casualty coverage that pays medical costs and lost wages that result from an illness or an injury suffered out of and in the course of employment. Now you'll hear these two elements referred to as medical and indemnity. The policy also pays for retraining and even modifications to a home that might be necessary to accommodate an employee's permanent disabilities. It basically pays for all the treatment that's necessary to return the employee to their pre-injury condition. And where that isn't medically possible, then it pays to get the employee to a permanent and stationary state, and then pays for their diminished future earnings ability and physical impairments. And in the event of death, work comp will pay survivor benefits to dependents. All of this according to a schedule of benefits established by the state. So because work comp is state-regulated, Both the benefits and the premium vary from one state to the next, and the difference can be significant. These variations, as well as the need for insurance companies to get licensed in each state and comply with dissimilar sets of rules and regulations, increases the cost of this insurance. If you have employees, you're required to purchase work comp. Now, in most states, you can purchase it from a private insurance company who's licensed to write property and casualty insurance, and who has a certificate of authority to issue work comp policies. But if you're in Washington State, Ohio, Wyoming, North Dakota, Puerto Rico, or the U.S. Virgin Islands, then you can only purchase work comp from the state. Now, these states uh, are referred to as being monopolistic. In other words, there is no free market option. There's only one supplier. In Texas... You, as an employer, could elect to opt out of the system and either purchase some other insurance policy that provides similar benefits, most often referred to as an occupational illness and injury coverage, or you can go without. A Texas employer that doesn't provide work comp is known as a non-subscriber, and non-subscribers are exposed to civil judgments as a result of employee lawsuits. So if an employee's injury is due to your negligence, then you could be subject to high damage awards, including punitive damages and damages for pain and suffering. The non-subscriber might also be required to pay defense-related expenses like attorney's fees. Now, Texas employers who don't carry work comp insurance still have to report their injuries and illnesses to the Division of Workers' Compensation. Now, Texas isn't the only state with, with exceptions. Since uh, January 1st, 2014, thanks to the Employee Injury Benefit Act, qualified employers in Oklahoma can opt out and use alternative benefit plans. 
These plans don't have to provide the same benefits as those required under the work comp statutes. However, in late February 2016, just a few weeks ago, the Oklahoma Workers' Compensation Commission determined that the opt-out is unconstitutional, and this will probably be appealed to the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Now, other states are considering similar options, including Tennessee and South Carolina. In Arizona, an employee can choose to opt out of the system and retain his or her right to sue the employer for negligence. Arizona's legislature decided to do this because the Constitution protects an individual's right to sue another party, and the work comp laws prohibit these kinds of lawsuits. A work comp is known as an exclusive remedy, so the idea behind this is that in exchange for the employer purchasing the insurance for their employees, they're protected from the gross negligent claims. Sort of a win-win concept where, you know, an employee gets the state-dictated medical indemnity benefits and the employer doesn't have to worry about being sued. So what if you decide not to buy work comp insurance? Well, now you're illegally uninsured. What is the consequence for being illegally uninsured? Well, it's pretty severe. And in California, for example, failing to have work comp is a criminal offense. It's punishable by either a fine of up to $10,000 or more and or up to one year in the county jail. Additionally, the state can issue a penalty for up to $100,000. So that's a fine of ten dollars up to a year in jail, and a penalty of $100,000. K pretty severe. But that's not all. If an employee gets hurt or becomes ill and you're not insured, then you're responsible for paying all the bills. Plus, that employee can file a civil action against you, and if they win damages, you'll have to pay those as well. So there you have it. Let's recap. Work comp insurance is a type of property and casualty insurance that pays for all necessary medical services and wages due to time off work. The goal of work comp is to return the injured employee to a permanent and stationary medical condition and pre-injury earning capability. Now, work comp is state regulated, so premium benefits vary. It's mandatory insurance with a few exceptions and variations, and it's an employee's exclusive remedy, meaning they can't sue you for negligence. Now, there are severe consequences for being illegally uninsured, so that's definitely something you want to avoid. We will dive much deeper into work comp insurance in future episodes. There's so much to talk about as far as this insurance product goes. On the next episode of Small Biz Brainiac, we're going to go back to learning about the hiring process and discuss how to find great candidates. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes and tell me what you think by providing a rating and a review. It really helps to promote the show. Please check out the website for show notes. And if you have questions about employer-related issues, go to smallbizbrainiac.com and email me and I'll get back to you in 12 hours or less. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.